Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report, once again back for the NRL Weekly Preview, heading toward Round 3, a lot of interesting action in Round 2. Before I get to this weekend's action, what I'm quickly going to do is just have a look at how my tips went that I gave out on last week's show, and yeah, just a bit of accountability basically. Now, Thursday night we had the Storm beat the Roosters by one point, and look, I'm not going to talk too much about the games that we've seen There's the NRL Power Hour. I just released that, so I've gone through, given my thoughts on the action across the round. So if you do want to hear about that, you can go back and listen. But I picked the Storm to beat the Rabbitohs. I picked the Panthers to beat the Dragons. Roosters to beat the Seagulls. So I was 3-0 going into Super Saturday, or 3 from 3, I guess my apologies. And then Super Saturday was just tragic for me. I backed my Warriors in, even though I kind of knew that the Titans were going to win. The Titans did win. Then the Sharks Eels. I took the Eels. I lost in that one. And I took the Raiders up against the Cowboys. And I was shocked with how that one went down. Then on Sunday, I rebounded in quality fashion. I picked the Knights to beat the Tigers. And I took the Broncos over the Bulldogs. So five from eight. Pretty decent last round. Now hoping to do a lot better. Hopefully eight from eight this weekend. Although. I don't know if I'm going to be picking the Warriors, so maybe 7 from 8 if I go against the Warriors, but let's jump into this weekend's action, starting with the Thursday night game, and that is the Dragons up against the Sharks. This is going to be a really interesting one. Obviously, the Dragons in round 1 looked really good. Obviously, not great in patches, but it was round 1, and look, they got over the Warriors all too easily in the end, just through uh, playing a complete 80-minute performance. Now, then the Dragons last weekend, they took on the Panthers. And look, they gave a great account of themselves. So, Dragons fans very much excited. And what I'm excited about, just as a fan of the NRL in general, is that other than basically my team, the Warriors and the Tigers, like, everyone's in with a shot to make the aid at the moment. We couldn't really say that about, like, the Cowboys or the Broncos or the Bulldogs. Last year, there was a big gap between the, like, top sides and the bottom. And I guess there still will be throughout the season as it progresses but right now everyone is in with a shot of making the eight the dragons and the sharks fans they are the ones who have the most reason to be really confident that their team could exceed expectations i'm talking like a top four finish or a fifth or sixth finish they're kind of both sides that definitely fit the bill as teams that can be in finals this season so it's going to be really interesting the winner of this game All of a sudden, fans are going to be getting very excited. As for the loser, look, they'll, I'm sure, take the loss, move on, come back next round. But it's going to be very, very interesting. At the moment, I'm loving some of the narratives, like Broncos going 2-2 and to start the season and things like that. So, look, if I can't be excited about the Warriors season, I'm excited about fans for every other team. Dragons and Sharks, definitely a set of fans that will be excited about this season. Now, in terms of 
the ladder position. I'll just take a quick look at that. But one thing I'll also take a bit of a look at where it's necessary across the week is some of the reserve grade players who have stood out and given a good performance. Maybe some guys who might be on the cusp of playing NRL if we see some injuries or suspensions. Now, the Dragons in the New South Wales Cup, they lost 52-6 to against the Panthers. So look, not really a lot to report on the Dragons front. They haven't gone that great to start New South Wales Cup-wise. As for the Newtown Jets, who they are the Cronulla Sharks feeder side, Luke Metcalf had a great game. I think he had two try assists, and he just had so much involvement. Very happy that he's coming to the Warriors next season, but no doubt he's still going to be in the mix for the Sharks this year. Lachlan Miller, he came over from Rugby Sevens. I wasn't really sure what position he was going to play. He's been playing fullback, so it could be very interesting. He ran for the most metres of anyone on his side, and yeah, he played pretty decent, so maybe we'll see Lachlan Miller. I think both he and Metcalf, they can be like fullback options. Metcalf can play in the halves, but both of them could be very good number 14 options. We'll see how that goes going forward. And Joniah Lua Lua was one of the others, scored a couple of tries, played really well. He's always been in the Sharks 21, and he's been around the squad. I don't think he's debuted yet. But it definitely looks like he is right on the fringe of making his NRL debut. Someone correct me if he already has. Now, another interesting note in this one, Moses Embai to dummy half. So one of my things I worried about with the Dragons going into this season was their depth at dummy half and who they were going to bring in if Andrew McCulloch went down. Well, Moses Embai, that makes a lot of sense. It's going to be really, really interesting to see how Moses performs. Now, having a look at the ladder, the Dragons are in 6th, the Sharks are in 10th, and both sides are on 2 points. There we go. Uh, the first time I said that, I just had a bit of a muck-up. Now, I, I edited it out, but I'll share. I said both, and then I was like, I'll, I'll keep going. And then I said both, both sides are on 10 points. So, yeah, that made no sense. They are on 2 points. So whoever can get the win here is definitely in finals contention and still in early days get excited like could be in the top four i can conceivably see both of these sides if they go at their absolute best could be top four maybe five or six but definitely that's still a great position to be in come finals time now having a look at the teams uh just quickly casting my eye jackson ford and jack gazeshki onto the bench and we see George Burgess drop out. There were some sexual, I don't know if it's sexual assault's the right word. There were some allegations and things, alleged things uh, that I don't really need to comment on, but George Burgess uh, has dropped off the bench. Moses Embai to hooker is the other major one for the Dragons. And we've been seeing Tarek Sims in the lock forward position, which is interesting. Uh, I don't know whether Jack Bird will play much football in the lock forward position or Jack DeBellin, but at the moment, Tarek Sims is there. Now, the Sharks obviously had that big win last weekend, the return to their home ground after two seasons away. This time, they're not going to be playing in front of their home fans, but I mean, they are at the same time. This is the derby taking place at Wynn Stadium in Wollongong. We see Matt Ikuvalu making a return to the side, he was the 18th man last weekend after being named to start. Connor Tracy ended up coming in 
And now Mulatalo is out with a head knock. So we see Tracy and Ikuvalu uh, on that left side. Now the halves, Matt Moylan and Nico Hines, both of them going into the season, I predicted them, or not my prediction actually, because I really didn't know what was going to happen. But my X factor for the Sharks were the halves, Moylan and Nico Hines. And this past weekend, my X factor players were the same two guys. So they definitely hold the keys. If they can go really well, then that'll be good for them. And Braden Trindle is on the bench. So playing his first game of NRL this season, he's the other guy in the mix for a half spot. So that should be interesting. And we see Cameron McInnes on the bench, Andrew Fafita, Dale Finucan, wasn't he amazing on the weekend? So was Braden Ueli. So this should be a very interesting contest overall. I think the key matchup is going to be the Fords. The Sharks Fords were on fire last weekend, but I think the Dragons have a really quality setup in terms of their Ford rotation. So ultimately, this is going to be very interesting. It's going to be a fiery and passionate derby. And my X-Factor player for this game Nico Hines. I think if the Sharks are to win, Nico, look, he doesn't have to come up with like these incredible flashy plays. I think ultimately he just has to be that organizing halfback, release some of that pressure off Matt Moylan, and ultimately just direct his team around the park. So I think if Nico Hines can do that, he can be the X factor that gets it done in what should be a very close game. Now, in terms of my one to watch, he's one of the halves for the Dragons who could play an essential role in getting it done. My one to watch, Talatau Amone. He, alongside Ben Hunt, I really like that combination. Ben Hunt takes most of the responsibility. So we haven't really seen Amone uh, do any of his signature flashy plays too early this season, but he's definitely one to watch out for in this game. Obviously, the Panthers last weekend weren't a great team for him to showcase his offensive ability. But if the Sharks have some defensive lapses, then Talatau Amone could definitely punish them. As for my point of difference in this game, as I said, the key matchup I think is going to be in the forwards. And my point of difference is Jack Bird, the former Premiership winning Shark. Uh, Just because he's been going so well in the back row, he can play as a middle forward. If there's an injury in the halves, he can step into the halves. He's played centre, he's played fullback, like... Jack Bird is definitely the point of difference. I don't know if he's going to remain at the Dragons Pass this season, but I think as far as this game goes, definitely someone who could break the game wide open is Jack Bird. As far as how it plays out, I am so 50-50 on this one. Really hard to tell who's going to win. I think it's going to be extremely close, but I'm going to take the Dragons in what should be one of the great games of the round. There's something about them that I feel maybe not this season, But in the next few seasons going forward, they can really build something special. So I'm going to take the Dragons. But look, I went against the Sharks last weekend and the Sharks got it done. So this should be an unreal game. I am going with the Dragons. And I'm here with JJ, who uh, has been a guest of many podcasts, part of the Not Just A Sport Report setup. So we're going to get JJ's thoughts and takes on each of the games, starting with this one. So, JJ, what are you thinking in terms of Dragons up against the Sharks? Yeah, I didn't know which way you're going to go there. Um, I think I have to agree with you. I'm leaning a little bit towards the Dragons. Um, I really am high on the Sharks this season for sure, but it still feels like, from what I've seen, that they're still figuring it out in the halves a little bit, just attacking-wise. They did get over the line in that game last week, which was good. 
and the home crowd was hyped. So maybe a bit of home crowd factor here as well. I know you said it's a derby, so they'll probably be relatively equal representation. But um, yeah, maybe the home crowd will be a factor. And I really like M by stepping into the dummy half role. I think maybe he'll just add a, like, a little bit more pace or something. And it might actually be an upside for the Dragons. So I'm going to take the Dragons as well. All right, coming up next, our first of two Friday games. Uh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I don't feel good about this. West Tigers up against my side, the Warriors. I told myself before I looked at the round three draw that I was like, I am not predicting the Warriors again. I put them fifth in my season prediction. Look, I openly was like, it was biased. I was like, I don't want to, in my first season of NRL content, go against my team and just instantly write them off. But like round three, if we lose to the Tigers, like I'm almost, I can't go back and retract my season predictions, but like, I'm going to say if we lose to the West Tigers this weekend, uh, we are definitely not coming fifth. I don't think we're coming eighth or anywhere around there. And yeah, I don't like it. I think we may be in the teens. That's how we're performing. So we need to beat the West Tigers this weekend. And it is not going to be easy. Look, I predicted for the Tigers to come 16th this year and collect the wooden spoon. I just thought maybe this would be the year, albeit that like guys like Jackson Hastings are awesome additions and they have a few more on the way next year. I thought maybe this is the year we see the Tigers bottom out. Not necessarily. I actually think Madge is an awesome coach. He broke that premiership drought at the Rabbitohs. Who, who else can you remember in your lifetime? who was a Rabbitohs coach that got it done. Wayne Bennett didn't even get it done as the Rabbitohs coach, and they had so many lean years. They got kicked out of the competition. Maguire also spent some time at the Melbourne Storm system and won a premiership over in the Super League. So either a premiership or a Challenge Cup. I believe it was a premiership, maybe both. Uh, so Michael Maguire, look, I think he's a great coach. I know there are like a, there is a lot of talk about his style and being hard and tough and maybe it's outdated but like ah oh, the, the tigers weird weird vibe like i'm glad the tiger i'm not glad the tigers are like this because they are the team i closest relate to my side the warriors where it's like ah oh, for fuck's sake you know it's like we got david nofaluma or like luke brooks man if he clicks and all these like things and then you're excited you sign exciting players like Yutoika manu uh, but, oh man, it just doesn't seem to come together. And five captains, like I don't have the time to get into that. I've already talked about that previously, how ridiculous that is. Uh, you've got the winger captain, Ken Malmalo, out on the wing. Is Nofaluma one of the other ones out on the wing? You've got the bench captain, Tyrone Peachy, playing off the bench. Did he get sinbinned on the weekend? I didn't, I didn't see that full game. Uh, but yeah, the bench captain, you've got the injured captain, Doohy, definitely the best player, uh, and like, yeah, out for most of the season. And then is Luke Brooks one of the captains, I think, who's been rumored to be like super unhappy. Apparently, look, I don't know how much media talk's true. I always kind of take it with a grain of salt, but apparently like he's agitated because he's asked for a release twice to be the guy who replaced Mitchell Pierce at the Knights. Uh, he's probably looking at the Knights and looking at the Tigers now and being like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, he, he does need a change. Like, I think just let him go. 
just let him go somewhere else, man. He's been a young half. He's been so criticized. Like, I wonder what his mental health's like. Like, the fact he's still fronting up for the Tigers week in and week out. Like, it doesn't seem easy. The Tigers, uh, yeah, it's like, how would Jonathan Thurston go at the Tigers? Who knows, you know? The Tigers, there could be some elite, elite talents that are being let down big time by their decision to be at the West Tigers. Uh, They were my cause for concern in the last round, like major cause for concern. But if there's one other club that I have major causes for concern, that is the Warriors. And the Tigers are going to be super fired up. Like everyone's been dragging them. Uh, It's two rounds in, like everyone's already dragging them. The media are like vultures, like they're, they lose this weekend and like all of a sudden that like Maguire sack the coach uh, rhetoric kind of comes out. Same maybe for the Warriors if Nathan Brown has a really poor start to the season. So very interesting game this weekend. I think the Tigers are actually going to be a really hard outfit to beat. I, I didn't mind them in patches. They were really bad against the Knights and they were really good at times against the Storm, but the Storm had players out. Uh, Then they had two, like, season-ending injuries during the game. Brandon Smith was injured as well. And the Tigers still lost. So, really, really interesting game this weekend. As far as the actual first two-round results, Tigers losing to the Knights this past round. And Storm and the Warriors really disappointing up against the Dragons, losing there. And then against the Titans, we lost again. We looked like we... Conceded the first try both weeks. At the start of the games, both times, it was like, oh, we're going to lose here. And then we work our way both times into a position where we can win and where we are winning. And, like, we just... The Warriors do not have an 80-minute performance in them right now. Someone who does is Josh Curran. Now, in my last podcast for the Power Hour, I was actually going to mention how I thought Josh Curran was a massive smoky for the New South Wales Blues side this year. But I decided against it because I do talk about the Warriors a lot. They are my team. I didn't want it to come across as like super biased. But I was thinking that like Josh Curran, one thing that's letting him down is playing for the Warriors. Because if we continue to play poorly, that will affect his chances up against someone who maybe is playing just not as good, but like very close in a really good side with other guys who are going to be in that New South Wales Blues side because Curran is the only one being talked about from the Warriors uh, for the Blues but Freddie Fitler came out and gave Josh Curran a rap actually talked about the prospects of Curran playing for New South Wales this year and he was a junior New South Wales representative and he played for the Roosters uh, at least in their junior system and reserve grade before he came over to the Warriors so look Josh Curran watch this space I am so glad we have him he kind of not the same kind of player, but like he's like a Simon Mannering or a Michael Luck, like just a guy who just holds it down, makes his tackles and just like busts their ass week in, week out in a team where not everyone else is doing the same. And look, I actually like this new Warriors era a lot more in terms of like all the players having potential to pull their weight. But there are some things that definitely need to be worked on. Having a look at the ladder, Warriors in 14th, Tigers in 15th, Seagulls in 16th, and they are playing the Bulldogs. If Manly win that game, then loser of this is going to be sitting in last place. So, my goodness, there is a lot on the line. 
In terms of the notable reserve grade performances, well, both of these sides were comprehensively beaten, or their feeder sides were, so nothing to report about there. Uh, one guy that I do like in the Warriors system that if Marcelo Montoya continues to make defensive errors, or even Rocco Berry, and you can move Montoya into the centers, or Pompey, I'd like to see Junior Rituva, the exciting left winger. I'd love to see him get a go. I think if we lose this weekend, we've got to make some changes. He is someone I'd absolutely like to see in the side. Even if Mon- uh, Montoya keeps his place somewhere else across that uh, back five, probably not fullback though, um, Like I'd just love to see Rituva get a go. Now, having a look at the team lists, basically no changes for the Warriors, but Ash Taylor injured, so Cody Nicarima is back in that number seven. He'll be partnering Chanel Harris-Tavita in the halves. Now, this game is well being played at Campbelltown Stadium, so the Tigers are going to have the hometown advantage. Now, most of the Warriors team is the same. Jesse Arthurs I was really impressed with last week. He's been an awesome signing on loan. He's someone I wouldn't mind if we kept him long-term beyond this season. Just having a look as well. Not many other changes across the side. Um, and 18th man, Jack Murchie. So he's knocking on the door. And if the Warriors can't get their shit together, then we could see Jack Murchie get some game time. He's kind of always been outside the best 17, but definitely has potential to crack the starting lineup even in the back row. Uh, I'm interested to see when Torhu Harris returns as well. Now for the Tigers, relatively the same for them as well, although Jackson Hastings, who's been named alongside Luke Brooks in the halves, it appears as though he's going to get suspended. So Jock Madden is in the reserves. I'd say we will see Jock Madden come into the side and start in the halves this weekend. So if that is the case, I'm really glad because Jackson Hastings is one of the shining lights for the Tigers. So as a Warriors fan, I'm, I'm happy that he's not playing. Like, if I could pick who plays out of him and Brooks, I'm like, hmm, Jackson Hastings coming over, like, wants to be a leader. Luke Brooks, allegedly unhappy. No, do not blame him as well. Uh, So, look, I'm happy that Jackson Hastings is out. I'm glad it's not with injury. Like, it's just suspension, so I can say that I'm glad that happened. Uh, Sorry for the biased commentary, Tigers fans. But other than that, mainly the same. Jacob Little returns at dummy half. He started the season on the injured list now he and jake simpkin will share the dummy half duties so that should be good in terms of the key matchup defense no doubt like that is easily it both sides can attack on their day but what lets them down is their defense and their consistency over 80 minutes both sides so that is the key matchup uh, as far as the x factor for the warriors I have got their two front rowers, Adam Fanua Blake and Matt Lodge. I think if this is a really Ford-heavy game, I was hoping last week that they would be kind of, you know, X-factor with Matt Lodge returning, but they just weren't. So Adam Fanua Blake, I must say, though, has been awesome. Aaron Penne off the bench has been incredible. I've enjoyed Bantia Foa's work as well. So mainly for the X-factor for the Warriors are their Fords, but specifically... Adam Fanua Blake and Matt Lodge. As for the Tigers, their X Factor, Luke Brooks. If he can fire, he can give the Warriors all sorts of trouble, but I just don't know. I think this game will give us a real indication as to where things are headed. And if Brooksy doesn't have a great game, or if the ti- if the vibe is just off, then maybe, hopefully for his sake, they let him go 
somewhere else. Maybe the Bulldogs. I think the Bulldogs could be an interesting fit for Luke Brooks, even if it's just for one season. Now, my one to watch is from the Warriors, and this is a bit of a cause for concern one to watch because defensively, he's been getting carved up alongside Marcelo Montoya. A lot of tries being scored against them. Ravalawa scoring three on that side in round one, and then Marziu scoring two tries, which were pretty good individual efforts. Like, he just fucking got it done. So, Rocco Berry, I have really high hopes for him. He is a great talent. Hasn't had a lot of time in reserve grade to develop with the competitions being off. Has played some Queensland Cup. But, yeah, one I'm going to be watching this weekend is Rocco Berry. I really need him to stand up in defense. As far as the point of difference... Jackson Hastings, if he does get suspended, that is a real point of difference because he looks like what the Tigers can build around. I think Adam Dewey and Jackson Hastings, that is a long-term halves combination that you can work with. So he's going to be a big loss if he doesn't play this weekend. Now, stylistically, I think the Tigers are going to be very fired up, very dangerous. I think they have potential to really trouble the Warriors who've been playing flat, lethargic, and just, yeah... I haven't liked what I've seen from the Warriors or the Tigers, really. But you just know that the Tigers having their name dragged all weekend, all the first two rounds of action, I think they're going to be in for a really good performance. So I am worried about that. My prediction for potentially the last time this season, I'm going to go with the Warriors. Very unsure. I actually think the Tigers should be the favorites in this one. I think they're going to be fired up. But ultimately... This is the last chance, Warriors. If you don't beat the team that I predicted to come 16th, then I'm not bet. I'm not tipping on you guys. Definitely not fucking betting on you guys. But uh, then I'm going to have to stop tipping because, on them because they said going into the season, a lot of them were saying top eight is the goal. Like We're not going to make excuses. We've got to get it done. So you have to beat the Tigers this weekend. I'm going the Warriors. If they don't get it done, this is their last chance. I'm taking them out of my predicted eight. I may already be doing that but yeah if they lose to the tigers this weekend then i think that's capiche for our top eight hopes i don't want to be too negative but uh, i haven't liked what i've seen what have you seen from the tigers and the warriors going into this round jj uh for the warriors the word that comes to mind is patchy um yeah this one's kind of like the shit the bed cup and i'm not sure which side to get on but the more you talked the more i actually leaned towards the tigers um, just cause like it, yeah, the hometown thing a little bit like the home crowd, I was just thinking about like the momentum of the game and who's going to wrestle the momentum in like overall to, uh, and score when they have the momentum. And I think just the Warriors have been a little bit too patchy from what I've seen. So I'm not going to put any money on this game. This is a definite stay away game. I can see both sides getting up like the Warriors could really explode in the the patches that they do have or maybe they put a whole patch together who knows um but yeah i'm actually going to tip the tigers for this one up next the marquee friday game this is going to be a big one the traditional historic rivals the rabbitos up against the roosters last couple of seasons the rabbitos have had the roosters numbers or number not their numbers i guess they would have their numbers i'm sure a lot of them hang out but not fucking this week they all of a sudden hate each other uh, we're going to definitely be flashing back to the Latrell joey Manu incident at the end of last season that ended both season. Uh, and yeah, people, 
are going to be going nuts. This is going to be a good rivalry game. You better believe all week it's going to be, you know, real beef. And then if anyone throws a punch, no doubt they're going to get simbinned and like suspended for weeks. But look, overall, these two teams, this weekend, I'm sure a lot of them are mates, let's be honest. But this weekend, they fucking hate each other. I believe that. Uh, or they at least hate the opposition. They hate their jersey. So it's going to be a really fun game. Uh, not for the players. I think it's going to be a very intense and tough game. Obviously, the Latrell joey Manu concept is very interesting. But look, the media are going to be going into that all week, so I'll let, I'll let them handle that. Now, last year, early in the season, this was the game where Luke Carey was injured for the season, so a tough physical game. Going to be really interested to see how Luke Carey can get through this game. And that's why my point of difference is Drew Hutchison, who's been playing really well for the Roosters, probably their most underrated player, and I think with Kiri and Sam Walker, if one of them in this very tough game has to spend a little bit of time on the bench or they get hurt or a head knock, then Drew Hutchison fits in perfectly into that half system and he'll be able to keep the Roosters rolling without them losing too much momentum. momentum? Now, over the first two rounds, the Rabbitohs have had a really tough time of it. They didn't look good at all last weekend, but they came back late, still lost to the Storm. In round one, they lost to the Broncos. Uh, is it a bit of a grand final hangover? No more Wayne Bennett. No Adam Reynolds. A lot of narratives going into this one as far as the Rabbitohs are concerned. They currently sit in 13th position on the ladder comparatively to the Roosters who are 8th. So this is a vital game early. Like Every game counts because they're for points. But this is one that really, really counts as far as the Rabbitohs especially and how they're going to go across the entire season now having a look at the teams we have Latrell Mitchell back obviously he was back last weekend we see Jackson Paulo who hasn't really adjusted too well to that center position he's been moved back onto the wing with Tane Milne moving from the wing into the center position Lachlan Ilias retains his position as the side's halfback other than that not a lot of changes that I can see and as far as the Roosters, we see Nat Butcher. What an incredible game he had last weekend. Two tries, really stood up in terms of his involvement and leadership and becoming a real senior player at the Roosters. So we see Nat Butcher starting, Angus Crichton on the bench, Jared Wairia Hargraves on the bench, Drew Hutchison, Fletcher Baker on the bench. Uh, but yeah, Nat Butcher has won himself a starting role. Connor Watson still in the dummy half position. Sio Tokiaho, he last weekend for the Roosters was my X-Factor player of the game. He was outstanding, ran for over 200 meters. So he gets the start alongside Lindsay Collins. That's going to be very interesting. Uh, Luke Carey back. We see Billy Smith move to the wing. Paul Momorowski into the centers. Other than that, not many changes to report on. Team list wise, no doubt the key matchup here and an area for the Rabbitohs where I do think they could have some cause for concern, are the Ford Packs. I think coming off the back end of last weekend, Toki Aho, Nat Butcher, you've got Crichton on the bench, Jared Waharia Hargreaves on the bench. Like, the Fords, one thing I do think with the Rabbitohs is that they can be out-muscled and lose games on that front, albeit that they do have a great Ford Pack, but I'm leaning toward the Roosters' Ford Pack a lot more in this key matchup. As far as the X-Factor battle, 
Look, they're not going to be coming up against each other directly, but James Tedesco and the former Roosters Premiership winner Latrell Mitchell, both fullbacks are going to play a vital role for their side. Look, we know James Tedesco is going to show up. He's going to stand up. And Latrell Mitchell coming off a mixed game last weekend, but still very, very good for his first game of the season overall. Well, Latrell Mitchell is going to be much more vital for the Rabbitohs, given that no more Adam Reynolds and Cody Walker can't create all these points himself. So I look look at Latrell as someone who definitely has a few try assists in him, one or two. So look, I think ultimately Latrell is the X factor for the Rabbitohs, Tedesco for the Roosters. And on that Adam Reynolds narrative, coach Jason Demetriou has said that if Milford had have kept his contract with the Rabbitohs, I don't know exactly what happened there. I know he has court issues, but the Rabbitohs were planning basically to have Anthony Milford and Cody Walker. And gee whiz, that would have actually been a lethal combination in my opinion. But instead, Lachlan Ilias has had to just come in uh, without any New South Wales Cup in the last two years. And he's had to perform under a lot of pressure. So interesting that Milford note. I'm keen to see where he ends up. We know that he has signed to the Dolphins from 2023 onwards. As far as my prediction, look, going into the season, I was actually thinking Rabbitohs. They have had the Roosters number in recent times. And they are going to be definitely like, as I said before, how the Tigers are going to be fired up. Well, the Rabbitohs are going to be extremely fired up as well, especially given they are up against their traditional rivals. But head-to-head, as I said, my key matchup was the Fords. Uh, We did have the X-Factor battle as well. But look, X-Factor is more what wins you games in those dying stages or who steps up and wants the ball. The key matchup is where, in another sense, it can be won and lost. And I just really like the Roosters Fords going into this one. So I'm going to be taking the Roosters up against the Rabbitohs. And I'm very interested to see what happens if the Rabbitohs do lose. And how things go from there, because maybe they'll go for someone like, hey, Luke Brooks, who knows? Now, that's not exactly the best trade-off, no offense, Luke Brooks, but they may need to go to the market and try and bring someone in ASAP. So I'm taking the Roosters over the Rabbitohs, heading to JJ now, we'll get his thoughts on this game. All right, this uh, primetime Friday Night Clash from Acor. They're calling it now. Uh, so not too much of a home ground advantage going to play into this one for me. Really liked what I saw from the Roosters against the Seagulls. They're looking like they're back to possibly premiership form. Uh, and the Rabbitohs still trying to find it in terms of attacking creativity. I felt like they lent really heavily on Latrell last week to get them over the line. So I don't think that will be any different this week. Maybe that's one to exploit in the betting market. Um, but yeah, for me, the tip is definitely the Sydney Roosters. Up next, the first game of Super Saturday. This is my game of the round. The Penrith Panthers up against the surprise packets so far. Not to their fans, though. The Newcastle Knights. My goodness. Jake Clifford tied first on the Delhi M leaderboard. Joey Johns returning to work with the halves. The Mitchell Pierce narrative that they couldn't win without him. Well, they're doing just fine without him at the moment. Adam Clune, my goodness, what a signing, what an underrated signing. Dane Gagai, how good has he been on return? Newcastle Knights, look, I didn't really give them a chance this year. I apologize, definitely looking, look, I'll compare them with my team. I predicted Warriors 5th, Knights 13th. Sorry, Knights fans, you guys will definitely be taking the piss out of me. Uh, Look, I could do a straight swap right there, Knights to finish 5th. 
Warriors to finish 13th or lower. So uh, it is in Bathurst this weekend, which the Panthers have been taking games to Bathurst for years now. And they're going to be treated to a game between first and second on the ladder. Knights with a huge chance to make a statement and go outright first on the ladder. Now, wouldn't that be incredible? If they are the first team to beat the Panthers this season, then my goodness, like we will have a real contender on our hands. Now, great start for both sides, two and two to start the season. For the Knights, I've been highly impressed with Dominic Young. He was my round two rising star, and that's across the whole competition. Now, Toby Sexton did get a mention as well, but Dominic Young, round two rising star nomination. So at the end of the year, I'll be giving out a not just a sports report rising star, just one for the whole season. So Dom Young nominated in round two. Now, in terms of reserve grade performances as well, Seema Sasagi, who has, or Sasagi, I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce that. I'll have to look into that. He has played in the centers before, but a fullback uh, predominantly in the halves. Well, he played at lock forward on the weekend for the Knights, similar to what they've been doing with Phoenix Crossland and Kurt Mann. And Seema Sasagi had an unreal game. So if they do need to make some changes or some shuffling around, if Kurt Mann maybe has to spend some time deputizing at dummy half, then Seema Sasagi has shown he could be an ultimate utility as well. Looking at the Panthers' New South Wales Cup, their reserve grade, they belted the Dragons 52-6. to It's just a case at Penrith of, you know, someone goes down in the first grade setup, someone steps up from New South Wales Cup, and when someone steps up from New South Wales Cup, usually they'll bring a guy up from their under-20s. So it's just such a great system. The Panthers' New South Wales Cup side have looked the goods. They looked great at the start of last year, and they have picked up where they left off, so... The Panthers, absolutely the team to beat this season. My X-Factor player this weekend, Viliame Kikau. He has exceeded my expectations. He has been going unreal the last couple of weeks. JJ is stoked about it. He's got him in the Supercoach Draft League with, where we have uh, $500 on the line. So Viliame Kikau, he is an X-Factor player up against the Knights. They are going to have to figure out how to contain him. The fact that Brian Toto is out makes it a little bit easier to try and contain that left edge. But gee whiz, Viliami Kikau, I think he is the X Factor this weekend. As far as the one to watch, he has come into the side for Brian Toto. That is Taylin May, tiny Taylin May, younger brother of Tyrone. And Taylin May, we've been waiting to see what he can do uh, at NRL level. We have seen a couple of times, but 2022 is a new season. He was involved, at least in the squad celebrations of that premiership win. And no doubt those celebrations would inspire you and motivate you to say, like, I want to break in to this team. Well, Taylor May has a huge opportunity this weekend. Just going through the teams, we've got Nathan Cleary in the extended squad. Look, I don't know if he'll play this weekend. I think they said, like, round three or four. Uh, I think maybe we see him one more week. He had two and two. Uh, and Sean O'Sullivan has been doing a great job. And of course, Brian Toto out. Taylor May is in the side. And we saw James Fisher-Harris. He had some kind of injury concerns in the last game, but he's been named to play. They've got a couple of guys on standby if he's not able to play. Now for the Knights, they got it done without Kalen Ponga last weekend. 
They are going to have him back. He's been named to return at fullback. So it looks like Tex Hoy is going to be dropping back into the reserves in the 19 jersey. Seema Sasangi in the number 18. So obviously that great reserve grade performance has put him right on the radar of the first grade setup. And other than that, with Ponga returning, uh, we see Daniel Saifidi also back on deck. That will see Mitchell Barnett move into the second row, which is a very timely return, Saifidi coming back, because Lachlan Fitzgibbon had an injury, so he's not playing this weekend. Saifidi is back. Still no David Klemmer, but Matt Croker and Leo Thompson, they were two outstanding young front rowers in the win on the weekend over the Tigers, so they'll no doubt step up big time. And we've seen Edric Lee has been named among the reserves, so that'll be interesting. Been a while since we've seen Edric Lee. It was the last time him playing State of Origin? Uh, someone correct me if I'm wrong. Pretty crazy, that. Uh, now, the point of difference is no Nathan Cleary, no Brian Totter. So this shapes as a great chance for the Knights to get this big win. And as far as the key matchup, I've gone the halves. Clune and Clifford have been outstanding so far this season. So have Jerome Luai and Sean O'Sullivan. Neither combination has lost a game this season. One of these combinations is going to go three from three to start the season. Unless we do see Nathan Cleary who has been named in the extended reserve. So that is a bit of a wait and see. As far as my prediction, look, I'm very high on the Knights at the moment, but I, I don't, I can't pick anyone beating the Panthers right now until someone does. Uh, I don't have anyone beating the Panthers until Magic Round. Obviously, there probably is going to be a team that can get it done. Uh, it's very hard to win consecutive games in a row. So look, the Knights are absolutely in with a shot. I am not going to doubt them anymore because I already had and they are exceeding expectations early in the season. But this is a great test for the Knights. But my prediction is the Penrith Panthers. Are, I just, yeah, I, I can't see them losing until at least Magic Round. And even Magic Round, that Storm Panthers game is going to be incredible. But yeah, at the moment, I'm just like, I'm not going to go against the Panthers until somebody beats them. What about yourself, JJ? Yeah, I was pretty much on the same thinking as you. Uh, who can beat the Panthers? But the more you spoke about it, the more I thought this might be the week at a somewhat neutral venue. Uh, I really liked what I've seen from the Knights, and this could be a, a huge statement win. And also with a couple of big ins, um, back ins like Saifidi and Ponga, this might be the week that they get it done. Um, I really like the Panthers overall this season, but I'm going to take the Knights this week. Okay, going the Knights. Uh, very interesting. So that'll be a fun one to sit down and watch this weekend. I'm going Panthers. JJ taking the Knights. Now let's move on to our second game of Super Saturday. And I was 0-3 Super Saturday last weekend. Those were the only games I got wrong. So I need to focus in my Super Saturday powers. Uh, I miss Matt Shervington. Not really, though. But he was always a laugh on the Saturday coverage. But let's move on now to our next game. This is a big one, no doubt. The Melbourne Storm hosting the Parramatta Eels in Melbourne. No side could figure out how to beat the Storm other than the Panthers really last season. The Eels beat them twice last year in round two. And then they were the side to end that insane Melbourne unbeaten streak. They meet again here. I think Parramatta quietly fancied themselves if they had made the grand final last year 
and it was against Melbourne. Um, I don't think like that would have turned out draw wise, but like I think throughout the season they would have been thinking we can beat these guys, like and they did. So major danger game for a Melbourne Storm side, which I guess you could say a weaker, but not by much. Like Harry Grant looks outstanding. They're big four, fantastic four. Cameron Munster, Jerome Hughes, Ryan Pappenhausen, and Harry Grant. Like, look, they've got moving parts. They've got some younger guys having to step up and fill voids. They've got some experienced players who are moving on next season. But overall, the Melbourne Storm are still definite premiership contenders. This is the second test for the Eels. They failed the one against the Sharks, and I am very concerned that maybe we could see them get absolutely belted like they have in recent times. Last year they had the Storms number, but the year before, Ryan Pappenhausen absolutely tore them apart. I think one game in the last few seasons, Storm won like 66-6. to six. So uh, ultimately, sorry if you can hear my stomach rumbling as well. I'm going out for a steak. Kind of just started thinking about that so let's get in now to the melbourne storm up against the Parramatta eels and let's figure out what we think is going to happen this weekend now an intriguing aspect of this clash no doubt is the storm's depth at this point no one is ever going into a season saying oh the storm are gonna fall off uh but their depth is definitely being tested their reserve grade is being tested uh so yeah just i had a look at their reserve grade performance Jaden Nikarima performed really well for the Brisbane Tigers, as did Nick Meany. And for the Sunshine Coast Falcons, who had a great win over Redcliffe, William Warbrick, the winger, and Jack Howarth, who was my Melbourne Storm one to watch, playing in the centres for the Sunshine Coast Falcons. He had a great game. So look, there are guys who are ready to step up, but it should be interesting. In terms of the ladder, Storm 2-2, two and two, sitting in fourth place. They should probably finish higher. I actually have them finishing in first place. Panthers are the main threat, but I'm still sticking with my prediction of Melbourne to be the minor premiers. But should be interesting. Their depth is definitely going to be tested. As for the Eels, they lost last weekend. They are sitting in seventh. But there's going to be a lot of fluctuation after round three. So we'll have to wait and see as far as the ladder goes. Having a look at both of their teams... Same 17 for Craig Bellamy that beat the Rabbitohs, but Harry Grant was ruled out on Tuesday afternoon after testing positive for COVID. That is what NRL.com says. Brandon Smith is nearing a return, but I don't think he'll be ready yet, so we may see Tyron Wishart step into that dummy half role. Could be a great option, super coach or NRL fantasy-wise, to bring into your side. Uh, so yeah, very interesting. As I've said like a hundred times, Tyron Wishart may be the one to step in and play some big minutes up against the Eels. But no Harry Grant, I, I guess all of a sudden, that really opens up a result potentially for the Parramatta Eels. Looking at their squad, Nathan Brown is back in the starting squad. Oregon Kafusi going to the bench. We see Wiramu Grieg come onto the interchange to replace Jake Arthur, who... Had went underwent. Let me read this from NRL.com. An appendectomy, uh, appendectomy, I believe. So he's going to be out for at least three weeks. So we see Grieg come into the side. As far as the X Factor battle, look, I actually had it as Harry Grant up against Reed Marnie. So all of a sudden, I'm going to change the overall X Factor player to Reed Marnie. Hugely important. If he can get some cohesion with his halves and his forwards, then Look, Parramatta upset the Storm 
twice last year and no Harry Grant, all of a sudden, like, that was my X-Factor battle. Both of them were guys who were so crucial to their side winning. Now it's Tyron Wishart up against Reid Marnie. Reid Marnie is no doubt my X-Factor player for this game. So can the Eels win? Like, if Marnie goes well, basically what I'm saying is that the Eels will go a long way toward winning. He is such an electric player. And I was excited to see it because alongside Ben Hunt, Harry Grant and Reid Marnie are the two others who are in contention for that Queensland dummy half spot. So, yeah, intriguing going forward. My one to watch for this game, Dean Aramir, the young Melbourne winger. He's pretty electric. I think if they let him loose, he, he may be a bit of a try scorer that is hard to handle with some dazzling performances. So, look, if the Eels turn up and don't play at their best, I think Dean Aramir is one of the kids who can really make a difference. I could see him getting one or two tries this weekend. Depends on how the Eels defend. The battle's going to be won in the forwards. We did see the Melbourne side tire late in the game up against the Rabbitohs. And the Eels have one of the best forward packs in the comp, but some of their elite stars aren't firing to the best of their ability. And one other point was that the Eels made a pact going into the season to win a premiership. Melbourne Storm just go into every season. They don't have to make a pact. They just go into seasons expecting to win the premiership. So there's a different mentality and a different mindset. And I feel like a different standard between the sides. But the Eels beat them twice last year. So that is just the spanner in the works. I don't think they're going to do it again though. Uh, And yeah, I've gone for the Melbourne Storm. I think Cameron Munster and Jerome Hughes, they are going to be the two to get their side over the line. So I guess they could be X-Factor players. But I've gone Reid Marnie. I think if he can fire, that's going to go a long way. But Munster and Hughes, they, other than like Luai and Cleary, they are the best halves combination in the competition. They also have Ryan Pappenhausen, who across round two last weekend, he was my round two X-Factor player across the whole competition. So I think the Storm are just going to have too much for the Eels to handle. The Eels failed my test in round two. And yeah, I'm not going to be backing them here. So I have gone the Melbourne Storm, but I'll be staying away from this one in terms of the punt after being burnt a couple of times last year. So I'm taking the Storm. Which way do you think you're going to go on this one, JJ? Yes, definitely a stay away to bet on. We got burnt pretty bad last year. I remember that game, round two, the rain was coming down. I think Blake Ferguson jumped up and caught it and crashed over, something like that. Lives pretty uh, big in my memory. Anyway, this one, uh, I'm just going to tip the Storm. They're at home. But I can definitely see the Eels getting up now, especially with that uh, the fact that Grant's out. That could be a really, uh, you know, it could be a big danger game for the Storm. So we'll see how it plays out, but I'm just going to tip the Storm here. Over to the Saturday night game on Super Saturday. The Raiders hugely disappointing last weekend, whilst the Gold Coast Titans, their opponents, much, much better. This game, of course, taking place in Canberra, so it's going to be cold. That definitely gives the advantage to the Raiders, but overall going to be a very close contest. Now, in rounds one and two, Canberra started the season. They looked good with that late finish and getting the win over the Sharks, but they looked awful, dreadful up against the Cowboys. They were completely outclassed by the Cowboys, who not a lot of people have finishing higher than like 12th. Other than that guy with the LED glasses who was fucking dope. It's been good to see the LED glasses guy get some screen time. 
I don't think we have an identity behind him yet, but I'd love I'd love to see him get some more screen time. I would happily have him on the podcast, uh, but I think he's more of a visual guy. So yeah, we'd have to do some video content, I guess. But shout out to the LED guy. If anyone has information on this dude, I'd love would love to know. Now having a look at the sides, Raiders in twelfth position. So not a great way to start the season. Titans in ninth. I did have them making the eight this year. I mean, I really rate their halves combination, but their depth will be tested at times. Now, the Raiders, there are major concerns. Something feels a bit off at the club, like there's been like a rift with the Englishmen, there's been things getting leaked to the media, the George Williams saga, uh, like just last year seemed off at the Raiders. This year opened with another player's wife criticizing the coach, like something is just off and the Raiders are my second team, like I support them wholeheartedly but I felt that something was off that's why I predicted them to come 10th and I'm really really riding them to make the eight because when the Warriors as my first team don't go well and they're going trash like I still support them but I'm like fuck if the Raiders are going really well then like I do give a lot of my support to the Raiders they are my genuine second team other than when they play the Warriors but major concern something just feels off at Canberra They have a top four roster, and it's just not translating to success. But Jordan Rapiner back this weekend. Josh Hodgson as well. Look, I could go and talk about Hodjo for an hour. He has been such a huge part, an integral part of the Raiders' success for so many years. The Canberra Raiders just couldn't click as like a top side. And Josh Hodgson was kind of the turning point alongside that English brigade. But Hodgson almost the most pivotal, if not, like, maybe Josh Papali'i, but Josh Hodgson has been so pivotal to what the Raiders have built, so very sad that he will not be playing another game, going in for surgery, and he'll be at the Eels next year. For the Titans, they've signed today Jermaine Izarko, so I was interested with that. I don't know exactly how they'll utilize him, but maybe he's just an option waiting in the wings that can kick goals. In the reserve grade, Herman SSA played very well. Uh, as for the Raiders, they were belted 48-12 to 12 by the Bulldogs reserve grade. So, like, yeah, nothing much to feature there. Having a look at the team lists, any changes. Uh, we see that Nick Kotrich, who was ruled out late last week, Seb Chris replaced him. And I didn't realize how much toe Seb Chris has. Some serious pace. Uh, but Kotrich back in the side... Jordan Rapiner is back as well. And Brad Schneider, he is my one to watch. I've been very high on his ability. He's back in the side. Frawley goes back to the bench. So, look, I really like the Raiders with Schneider at halfback over Frawley at halfback. That's why I think the Raiders can do a lot better this weekend. And for the Titans, it is going to be the same 17 from last weekend that got the win over the Warriors. But who knows, we may see Jermaine Asako, who is amongst the extended reserves. As far as the key matchup, that's going to be the rotation of middle forwards. I especially think one area where it's going to be one is that like Josh Papali'i, Joseph Tarpane, two major players in the middle, up against guys like Mo Fodawaka, uh, Tino Fasuamaloawe, and Isaac Liu. So that is going to be a key matchup. As far as the point of difference, I've gone the home ground advantage for the Canberra Raiders.
And I think Tom Starling this weekend, he's in for a big game. He knows now going forward, he is the Canberra Raiders number nine. I think he needs to step up and have a great game this weekend. As far as the X-Factor battle, oh, I didn't get into the home ground advantage as well. That was my point of difference. The weather, I think, does play a part. We saw the Raiders go up to hotter conditions in Townsville and really struggle. So it's going to be a bit of an adjustment to go from the Gold Coast to Canberra. It's not the be-all and end-all, but that's my point of difference. X-Factor battle, the two five-eights. I really think the Titans have a special pair in AJ Brimson and Toby Sexton. Uh, and Brimson specifically, he was the reason that despite a lot of the people thinking Titans wouldn't make the eight this year, I think Justin Holbrook is such a good coach. And it was their decision to play AJ Brimson as the number six. Like I am really, really, really high on his footballing ability. So Whiten up against Brimson, that this weekend is going to be such an integral clash. Overall, look. The Titans look the goods. I've, this one is so hard as well. But I've gone with the Canberra Raiders. This time it's no bias like the slightly the Warriors. Not even slightly the Warriors ones are. Um, but look, I think the Raiders with Brad Schneider, that is a big inclusion. They've gone from their third string halfback last weekend to one of the guys competing with Jamal Fogarty to be the first string halfback. And he's definitely the long-term option uh, and yeah, it's going to be such a close one. I think the Raiders are going to have that bounce back. I think they'll be super fired up. And alarm bells are going to be ringing for me if they don't fire up and come out with a much better performance on the weekend. So very hesitantly, I'm going to take the Canberra Raiders. And in this one, very close game, JJ. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this game. All right, yeah, almost too close to call. I was flip-flopped flopping back and forth and it's pretty much come down to a head versus heart the head says titans heart says the raiders just at home you know they should be able to keep up enough momentum in the game and they have um they did show some really good signs in their very first game against the sharks so but i'm actually going to go with the head just to keep it spicy mixed going with the raiders i'm going to go with the titans on paper they look really good and although the home conditions will play into it, I think the Titans will have a statement win here. That's what I'm expecting. Kicking off the Sunday action, this one, wow. I mean, the Brisbane Broncos exceeding expectations early. The Cowboys looked unreal last weekend against the Raiders. I think heading into the season, we may not have thought this was going to be an absolute blockbuster. Now, they always seem to have great uh, matches wherever they are on the ladder, but now all of a sudden... There is some real spice, some real kick behind this clash. Friday night, not Friday night, sorry, Sunday day. Uh, I had a hot corn chip. We are working on a concept for some hot tips. It was the world's hottest corn chip, although I'm not sure. I need, I need to research the world's truly hottest corn chip. I don't know if it's on the internet. Uh, but anyway, Suncorp Stadium, Sunday day. Broncos up against the Cowboys. This should be an incredible contest. I mean, if the Broncos can get that 3-0 win, or 3, not 3-0 three win, for fuck's sake. Sorry, I'm getting too hungry for the steak. Uh, if they can go 3-3, three and three, then the ambush is well and truly on for the Broncos. Now, Cowboys, awesome last weekend. They need to find consistency. That is their key. Unfortunately, they've had Mitchell Dunn, who looked good last weekend. And in round one, he was ruled out for the season with an injury. 
But Todd Payton is a coach I really like. He obviously went with a huge gamble of not playing Scott Drinkwater. A lot of criticism on that heading into the season, but Tom Dearden has looked outstanding. And Chad Townsend has been a major reason for that. His kicking game, he's handled all the responsibilities of the halfback. And that has allowed Tom Dearden to really shine. So I was hugely impressed with the combination. And I think going forward, the Cowboys may have their guys. It's going to be interesting to see where Scott Drinkwater fits into all of this. Again, I think if the South Sydney Rabbitohs are looking for a halfback, he could definitely be one. Look, he's not, I guess, an organizing halfback, but like temporarily he could fucking do a job. Now, in terms of reserve grade, Dean Mariner, the young center in the Broncos system, playing for Wynnum Manly on the weekend in a losing side. So they lost 26-18 to Wynnum Manly. Dean Mariner scored four tries and had 217 run meters. So he scored all of his side's tries and just an unbelievable performance. He is going to be close to NRL ready soon. And the Broncos are really starting to kickstart their season Some of these young players are battle-hardened now, and they're tested in first grade. So someone like Dean Mariner, definitely one to watch going forward. But as far as my one to watch for this one, it is Selwyn Cobbo. We've seen Jermaine Lozaco has been released. If Tessie New goes down, do we see Selwyn Cobbo start getting some regular time at fullback? Very interested to see how Cobbo goes this weekend. Uh, Now, the X-Factor matchup. Payne Huss up against Jason Taumalolo. Oh, someone's arrived to pick me up for my steak. I will uh, continue this in a moment. But yeah, Payne Huss, Jason Taumalolo. That is the matchup. Not directly, but both of them have such a significant impact in terms of the Ford pack. And it's going to be great to see them both try and impose themselves on their opposition. Point of difference, Kurt Capewell. He's a back rower who knows how to back himself. We saw that with his field goal in round one. I'm going to go for the stake, and then thanks to the power of editing, I will be back in just a moment to run through the teams. Alrighty, I am back. Not the best stake I've ever had, unfortunately. It was alright. It was alright. It, it could have been better, but uh, great company. So there we go. I'm back. Let's go through the team lists now for the Brisbane Broncos up against the Cowboys on Sunday. Now, it's actually the next day. It's a day later since I had my stake, so I can't remember, and I'm CBF going back and looking, but if I didn't mention it, the key matchup is in the centers, Katoni Staggs up against Valentine Holmes, a direct matchup. Uh, Katoni didn't really get a lot of ball, didn't have a huge impact on his side's performance in round two. Now, Herbie Farnworth, the opposite center, quite the opposite, had a huge bearing on the result uh, and he actually scored the winner. So I'd love to see a little bit more from Katoni Staggs this weekend. And if Valentine Holmes can get the better of him, then the Cowboys are in with a real shot. So having a look at the teams on NRL.com, and the Broncos are going to be going with the same 17 that got the win in round two. As for the Cowboys, Mitchell Dunn out for the season with a knee injury. Uh, so Ruben Cotter jumps onto the bench. Other than that, no changes. And Jermaine Tao Noah Brown has been named amongst the reserves looking to return from injury. So overall, this should be a really, really fiery clash. Uh, Another derby this weekend, the Queensland derby. All Queensland sides getting a win in round two. So look, they had been a kind of a focal point of Queensland. The sides not 
really hitting their targets and being as successful as they should be. Well, now both of them have a huge opportunity to to really, sorry, I can't even speak English, to really kickstart their season. Broncos looking to go three from three. Cowboys looking to go two from three, still in a pretty exceptional start. And as for my prediction in this one, I'm going to go with the Broncos, but look, I think it's going to be a very, very close game. As a bonus prediction, I'll say Broncos 1-12. to I think it's going to be very competitive, but overall, look, I think the ambush could be on. I'm going to be backing the Brisbane Broncos to get the win this weekend. Now jumping over to JJ's thoughts, what are you thinking about this one, JJ? Nice win from the Cowboys last week for sure, but I'm pretty high on the Broncos, and I think, you know, a... A roaring Suncorp, epic vibes there. You know, it's Queensland derby. I think I think the Broncos are going to get up here. Um, should be a, a ripper game though. And yeah, I'm going to tip the Broncos. Mm, may stay away on the bets here. Could, could be quite close. Should be quite close. Should be a great game. You are absolutely right there, JJ. It should be a great game. I think it is going to be a great game. And it's hopefully... It won't be the only great game on Sunday because up next, the final game of the round, the Manly Sea Eagles sitting dead last on the table up against the Bulldogs who know a thing or two about being dead last on the table in recent times, but a very new look team. It does make me wonder, is this a turning point for the Bulldogs? Look, overall, I think so. They've got some huge names joining them next season as well, but 2022... Still very much unknown exactly how much improvement the Bulldogs outfit has in them. So let's jump through this clash now. The last game of the round this weekend, it is going to be Manly hosting the Bulldogs. Now, before I jump into the game, uh, I'll just quickly get your thoughts now, JJ, before the game. Now, usually we get it after, but uh, once I've done the prediction for this one, I'll just jump through my overall thoughts on the round and then quickly run through my tips just very quickly again so JJ let's start with you what do you think about the Seagulls and Bulldogs game this weekend massive game for the Seagulls if they don't beat the Bulldogs here or you know people are going to be have serious I think they already have questions um, but this would be serious questions you know they've had some good opponents the first couple weeks uh, but losing against the Bulldogs who are building let's just say look they've got some good talent for sure but they're building and this should be a win for the sea eagles if they don't well i don't know so i'll take the sea eagles there in my tip and maybe on the bet too i'm not sure look i totally agree with you jj uh definitely i don't have alarm bells over the sea eagles right now i did have some before the season but like i always expected them to lose these two games their first two games up against the Panthers and the Roosters. But now, sorry, I had a cigarette. Ah, fucking throat, gee whiz. Um, now, definitely, if the Seagulls lose to the Bulldogs, then alarm bells are going to start ringing. And for the Bulldogs, this is such a huge test. They were throttled last season by these Seagulls when the Seagulls were in top form. This is a new Bulldogs outfit, has a new feel to it. It feels like they're building towards something special long term, uh, and they've got the Gould father, you know, let's trot. So, uh, yeah, very much a work in progress at the Bulldogs. They are heading in the right direction, but this is a huge test. There are a lot of tests early in the season. Uh, an example would be 
I thought the Eels failed their test to beat the Sharks. I thought the Raiders failed their test to beat the Cowboys games where I felt they should be getting the win if they really want to win the Premiership, as I'm sure they intend. Now, on the ladder, the Seagulls are sitting dead last after dropping their first two games of the season. Whilst the Bulldogs, better days for them, they are sitting in 11th. So that's not a bad spot to be, but if they lose this weekend, then all of a sudden they'll drop back toward the bottom of the table. And look, I'm still very much undecided. I predicted the Bulldogs to finish 14th, but I have friends that support the Bulldogs. I really like uh, a lot of the players like Matt Burton. And yeah, I overall, I'm really excited about the Bulldogs long term. But look, this season, I'm not exactly sure. I think the two positions, as I've said a few times before, that they are missing uh, are a dummy half, like full-time quality elite dummy half and an edge back rower. Well, they've signed Kickout and Marnie next year. So, I mean, I think there's some really good times in the Bulldogs' future. Now, jumping through the teams, Des Hasler has gone with the same 17 that lost to the Roosters last week, but Dylan Walker suffered a head knock, so he may be on standby. They may end up, I mean, not standby, they may end up just having to replace him, but I don't know. I think Dylan Walker will play. As for the Bulldogs, same team for Trent Barrett. Luke Thompson is going to start with Corey Waddell on the bench, but we have seen Corey Waddell start in the first two rounds. He's given a pretty good account of himself as well. Now, as far as the X-Factor player in this game, no doubt Tom Trebojevic. Look, he doesn't have to set the world on fire. He doesn't have to single-handedly win this game. Like, I know there have been a lot of criticisms on him recently. I don't expect him to, like, set the world on fire, but no doubt he is the X-Factor player. If he gets going, the Seagulls get going, and the Bulldogs could be in some real strife if Tom Trebojevic shows up in top flight this weekend. As far as the key matchup, the halfback battle. A lot of pressure on Jake Avarillo to perform and, you know, showcase himself as a genuine number seven in the NRL. Been a lot of debate about whether that is his best position. A lot of people think no, myself included, but Avarillo is really keen to nail down that spot long term. Well, he's up against Daly Cherry Evans, one of the most experienced halves in the game. Great kicker. He is a natural halfback. He is one of the guys, definitely when you open the textbook, to learn some lessons about how to be a natural halfback. Guys like Adam Reynolds and Daly Cherry Evans show up. Definitely Cleary as well, but look, Daly Cherry Evans is proven. Plenty of experience now. He is the captain. He is a leader. Up against a kid who is just trying to cement himself in that position and a position where there's been a lot of criticism and a lot of people who feel that he's not the guy to fill that role. So very interesting battle of the halfbacks this weekend. As far as my prediction, uh, look, I think the Seagulls are going to get it done. When I looked at the uh, fixtures from a distance in terms of time, like a month or so out while I was doing my season previews, I looked at the first two games. I was like, I think the Seagulls are going to lose those two, and I think they're going to have a big bounce back in round three. So that's the way I'm going. I'm going to be taking the Manly Seagulls. That's all my tips for the game. So just some quick thoughts ahead of the round. Uh, very pumped to watch it all go down. Not too sure how I feel about the Warriors versus Tigers game. I could be pulling my hair out there. Uh, and yeah, some grey hairs already starting to surface on my head at only 26 years old. I would attribute supporting the Warriors throughout my lifetime. 
uh, toward that most likely. So yeah, very unfortunate. It's like that meme that says guys will pick a sport team and let it upset them their whole life. I was like, yeah, I can definitely relate to that. So that's been the round three preview. Uh, not a whole lot of thoughts that I can think of that I haven't really touched on. Very excited for the Broncos-Cowboys game. Very excited for the Knights and Panthers game. Uh, and I'll just quickly go through my tips one more time. I had the Dragons over the Sharks, Warriors over the Tigers, Roosters to beat the Rabbitohs, Panthers to beat the Knights, Storm to beat the Eels, Raiders over Titans, Broncos over Cowboys, and the Seagulls to beat the Bulldogs. So after this round, we should have an even clearer indication of kind of what the teams have to offer this season. Still a long road ahead before finals, but very excited. Everyone's still in with a shot to play finals football this year. That includes the Tigers and the Warriors. But some teams, there are only a few short losses away from starting to have to think about next year as far as finals go. So still early days, but important to start well, especially in this competition where there could be COVID disruptions. Or there will be, like we've already seen there has been with guys like Harry Grant, Brad Schneider. So, look, it's going to be a wild season ahead. Still plenty of time to go, but as far as right now, heading into round three, everyone is still in with a shot of playing finals footy. So let's all get excited about our teams, even the fucking Warriors. I'll still get excited. Drop my phone. There you go. That's how excited I am. Uh, now, before I get too excited, I better wrap up. It's going to be a great round of footy this weekend. I will be back on the Sunday with the podcast, uh, with the NRL Power Hour, just one hour going through all my thoughts on the action from the weekend. So that should be good. And until then, take care of yourself. Oh, yeah. And by the way, uh, the outro music, it's just a bit louder than the um, waveforms of my voice. So look, this is just my warning. I've tried to normalize the audio. I'm going to have to go through, make sure that it's not... Uh, not too loud, but yeah, just this is your little warning. Prepare your air holes because the outro music might uh, blow your mind. Or your air holes, more likely. <laughs>